Welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And I'm really, really excited about today's episode. I had the absolute pleasure of talking to my genius, incredible teacher, Pamela Pietro. Pam is the associate arts director and the academic director at NYU Tisch. And she's this tiny little fireball of energy. I think we're probably the same size. You know, I'm like five, one. She's, she's maybe a little taller than me. And Pam, you'll hear in this call, cause I basically just like tell her how much I love her, but Pam definitely changed my life. And she was one of those teachers. She is one of those teachers who just shows up for their students in a way that is more than above and beyond where you're like, I can't believe that you have the spaciousness in your life and the generosity of spirit to dedicate so much of yourself to helping others and shepherding other people and believing in people and also having a life of your own. I'm I'm just like endlessly impressed with her especially as I get older and I and I build a community around myself and I mentor others. I'm just so impressed. And I wanted to talk to Pam because she's an incredible teacher. She teaches modern dance, not just at NYU, but around the world. And because she she melds somatic practices and somatic experiencing and psychology and spirituality into her work, into her dance, obviously, because that's her modality, but also in the way that she connects with people in the world. And I'm just so honored that she was down to be on this podcast because she really changed my life. And even I I think that you'll be able to hear in this in this conversation what a bright light she is. And we talk about a couple of things that are sort of modern dance (laughs) lingo. So I'll, I'll clue you in on them. Every class in like downtown modern dance. So that's what we practice at NYU because you know, modern dance has lots of different variants and different teachers and different structures. And there are some people that have completely unstructured modern dance and that's super cool too. But I guarantee you, if you walk into a studio and ask for a modern dance class, people will kind of look at you and bat their eyes and be like, okay, but what kind? There's so many different styles. There's so many different teachers. There's so many different perspectives. And at Tisch, one of the main method methodologies that's taught is downtown modern dance and release method and Skinner technique. And we also learn a little Cunningham too. And I'm sure there was some days that we did Horton. I just didn't, I don't think, I think I might've skipped those days. We mostly do postmodern modern dance and pretty much every class starts with an X. So you start laying on the ground in an X position, your arms sort of like out above your head and your legs sort of in a, in a wide V and you start here and you just lay on the ground and you feel your body sort of like energetically aligning with the floor underneath you, releasing into the ground, feeling held by the floor and just noticing what's what's there, what's coming up in the body. And it's, you know, if you've ever taken a yoga class, you might've had a teacher that gave you these prompts maybe when, when you were in Shavasana. But this is how we start class. It was just checking in and feeling into what feels open, what feels closed, what feels stuck, what's what feels sticky, what, what actually doesn't have any energy in, in, inside of it today. And how can I begin to use those areas of my body? Because when we're dancing, we are making choices 
And we want to have as many choices as possible. We want to have as many options to choose from as we can. And so if I'm not in awareness of how my pinky finger feels, then that means that my pinky finger is no longer part of my choice making. And that's going to limit my mobility and it's also going to limit my artistic freedom. (laughs) Also, like we are just here as artists to be more human. So I want to feel into, this is my perspective, I want to feel into all of my humanness as often as I possibly can. And so we lay on an X on the ground and we spend a lot of time on the ground in the beginning of a modern dance class, We, especially at NYU, sometimes an hour laying on the ground and moving in the space on the floor and just kind of articulating through the body, finding more mobility, finding more information, finding sometimes things like trauma and emotion and feeling. And it's a safe place. You know, your ex becomes this home base, this place where you can get to know your body in a different way. You know, for so many of us, especially dancers, we grew up in front of a mirror to look at ourselves in the mirror all day long is not enjoyable. (laughs) It's not fun all the time. And when you're laying on an ex in an ex on the floor, looking up at the ceiling, you know, you don't need to think about how your body looks. You just get to experience how it feels and just notice your perception, right? That's all that we're really doing. We're just perceiving. There's very little actual truth in what we see, in what we perceive, right? It's just information. It's not like the absolute truth. So how I look in the mirror isn't the absolute truth. How I feel on the ground isn't the absolute truth. And there is opacity and a lack of clarity with both of those things. And that's that's okay. That's kind of like a metaphor for life, right? I'm just seeing things from one perspective. And I could be missing a lot of information (laughs) because I'm only seeing them from this one perspective. But right now, this is the perspective I get. So I'm going to do my best to get as much information as I possibly can uh, so I can make the best choices for myself moving forward. So we lay in an X on the ground. I'm getting a little philosophical about this. Sorry. But it's a really important position for for dancers and for, I think, anyone who wants to like get to know themselves a little bit better. And this is where like your practice begins. It's often where your practice ends at the end of the class where you'll like kind of warm or cool down and just get back to yourself and resettle your body. And there's definitely healing that happens when you're in your ex and you're exploring that space. So we talk about that a couple of times in, <laughs> in this call. And we also talk about positive thought, which is how Pam begins every single class that she teaches. One of my favorite things about, you know, at, at Tish, we would have a rotation. So every quarter we would get a new teacher and basically we'd start our days with ballet and modern for, I think our classes were an hour and a half or two hours. I can't remember at this point, because I'm old. No, we started at nine and we ended at 12.15. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't have the answer to that. So maybe two hours, maybe two hours. So we would have a new teacher for ballet and a new teacher for modern every quarter. And so when we'd, we'd call that a rotation and when we'd rotate into a new teacher's class, it was always an interesting sort of situation to see how they decided to start class and how they ran their studio, right? And Pam's rotation was always my favorite. I got to have her luckily, I think three or four times when I, when I was in school. 
And she starts every single class with everyone sitting in a circle and she goes around and takes role and she asks, what's your positive thought of the day? And sometimes your positive thought would be, I'm drinking, I got to drink a cup of coffee in between, you know, ballet and now, or I landed my triple pirouette in ballet, or I got a great night's sleep, or I'm just happy to be here with all of you beautiful people, or something even more exciting. Maybe I got a job offer or I'm going on an amazing audition or my piece got selected to be in the spring concert, whatever. And sometimes it would be really simple, you know, just like I'm happy to be alive. (laughs) My positive thought is that I'm here. And sometimes these our positive thought circles would go really fast. You know, we'd like zoom through them and get to dancing. And other times we talk about in this call, they would take the whole, the whole class period where we'd be just sitting and talking and sometimes crying and being with each other. And I always admired how intuitively she navigated that, just how she could check in and know, ah, all these young people in this moment, what they really need right now is just something to, someone to witness them and to be with them and to see them and to let them have their emotions and their feelings, which maybe they've never had access to before in this way. And I can definitely say that she changed my life. And I know that she changed the life lives of many of my friends in big and small ways. But I'm just really grateful that I get to interview her today to talk a little bit about art and well-being and teaching and perception, right? Like, and choice and how in this moment, there's so little that we have control over, it feels like, when we're inside of something like COVID, but also when we're inside of life, you know, we can't control all of the outcomes, try as we might. And we also have no idea where we're going to end up. And I think that something that that the reason that dance is my first language and I think the reason that I care so much about wellness and well-being is that art and well-being don't feel that different to me just like politics and wellness don't feel that different to me they feel like different sides of the same crystal right just we're holding these things up to the light we're holding our humanity up to the light and we're looking at it through these different lenses and Some lenses are more attractive to us than others. Some of us are artists and makers. Others of us look at life through the spiritual lens. Even more other than us look at it through the hedonistic lens, which like that I'm totally a hedonist. I'm all for that. But we're just trying to muddle through this thing that's life and take in as much information as we can and make the best next step, the best next choice for ourselves about where to go from here. So I'm really happy that Pam is on the podcast today and she has some requests for the audience. So listen, if you are someone who's at a think tank, hit Pam up. I think that you're, she's a true gem and delight and you'll really enjoy working with her. And with that, I am going to, let's just pop into the episode. Hi, Pam. Hi, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> As I said already, I'm so excited to be talking to you. I had a dream about you last night and just like getting excited about recording this podcast episode with you. I I had all these recovered memories come back to me about my time at NYU and like you and your little ray of sunshine. So thanks for being here with us. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I was saying earlier, like, I'm just so honored to be asked to do something like this. And, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I, you know, kind of know. And so it was like, 
yes, I want to do this, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're, I feel like we can, we're mutually each other's fangirl. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt. (laughs) So what has teaching been like during COVID at at Tish? Are you teaching from home? Are you going into the studios? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, okay. So when COVID first hit and they closed down the school. Basically, I taught in this room that I'm sitting in right now, and I hated it, and it was terrible. But you know, like it was the worst. It was the worst, and it was so uncomfortable, and my body hurt so much, and it was mm. really hard. It was really hard because it also felt like, how am I giving this stuff across? And they became increasingly like it deteriorated their spirits. And I can only imagine. Yeah, it was really hard. So going into the fall semester, we worked really hard all summer long to, we are in person and we've been in person since September. Whoa. Yes. Oh, I just got shells. Yeah. That must be like, oh, that must be such a relief for your students and for you, I imagine. Yes. But like Tish Dance is such a special place and you are a uh, huge component of making it so special and safe. Mm-hmm. I can say that from personal experience of just when you walk in the doors, you know, Tish is on second Avenue for anyone who doesn't know Tish dance has its own building separate from the rest of Tish. Really <laughs> um, separate. <laughs> like, re- like really not on campus, like far away. And I'm like, okay guys, we get it. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. In this old vintage building with is there still a hand-operated elevator no. happening? We have like real elevators oh. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there was a hand-operated yeah. elevator for a very long time until the in, into the mid-aughts, I would say. And it's like this safe little cocoon of like, you can be your weird dancer self yeah. here and we can just like move and shake and scream and do all the things that we need to do and, and make. And it's so special. And you, I mean, like, I was so scared to go to NYU and you were the first teacher who really made me recognize how intrinsically tied my personal like safety in my body mm. and my ability to be a dancer and and an artist were connected. And and for me, that was really like where I under, started to understand well-being and wellness. And my favorite thing that you used to do, I don't know if you still do it, is starting class with a positive thought. Still do it. Still do it. <sighs> Do you ever think about how many lives you've saved just by doing that? No, no. I, I, and, and you know what's interesting is that I never really know the impact. I really never know the impact until like I run into you on the street randomly and you tell me, or you know, you know, like oh, I'll have these experiences, or someone will say, "Oh, I'm teaching now, and I took and I'm using that," and I'm like, "Okay, that is the best gift I could ever ask for." So. For me, you know, it's funny, the positive thought thing started because I never understood how to, first of all, I never understood what a practice meant. I never (laughs) understood how to like go from your life into the dance studio and that the old verbiage of, oh, you leave it at the door. Yeah. How the hell do you do that? I I never knew (laughs) how to do that. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's like... Okay, but wait, this this is like a part of me. So it's like, and I'm an artist and I'm supposed to be using all of these tools. So how do I do that? So that's also why I created it because I needed to figure out a way, the pathway from the door to the space. Because I think yeah. that the dancing space is the most important space. And so yeah. 
how do you do that when your life is so full and so rich and you've just had a fight with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your partner, your whatever. And now you're expected to, okay, now I'm going to be like in my practice. It's like, what does that mean? So Mm. it's a way for students to go, wait a second, there are all these wonderful things that are going on in my life. I just need like a Mm. moment to think about them and then to speak about it. So it's like, once Mm. you take that out and put it out into the, you've already conversed with the universe once you've done that. And then it kind of sets you into a pattern. So yeah, I still do it. And when I travel all over the world and teach and make work and et cetera, or give lectures, I do it there in any language, in any, like, because I just think it's really important. So yeah, so I still do that. Yes. Long, long that's, story to say, yes, I still do that. No, that's amazing. And I can remember like being so grateful for you and just the fact that you opened that, that space up and not that you were asking people to be like, you know, to embrace toxic positivity of like, how can we bright side this horrible situation yeah. we're in, but just like have a moment of like, oh, I'm here, Mm -hmm. a little bit more presence. And I remember some classes where that's all we would do (laughs) for the 90-minute hours or for the 90-minute session was like, okay, we're just going to be in a circle and be with each other. And and to me, like that's the point of art is Mm -hmm. to expand our humanity and to understand the human experience and our empathy for each other. And that's part of why I love well-being too, because I think they're similar in that way. Like how can we be more human and come back more to ourselves. That's really what we're trying to do here. And there are so many tools and pathways to do that. I was just always so grateful when you would when you would let us do a full 90 minute session of positive thinking. <laughs> I know. I don't think that I still have this job. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it, you know it's not just about the movement. If there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, that's only like such a small part of it. And I believe that. And I will always believe that, you know, that it's so much more about who are these young people that are sitting in front of me and why did they come to this school? And I knew that you, you were not from New York, you know, you come very far away. So it's like, now I'm here in this place, in this huge Mm -hmm. city you know, and trying to sort of understand what New York is about and understand what this big university is about. It's a lot. I just think it's a lot. And so I have great compassion for that. So I always like to hear. I'm still in good. I mean, London, who was in your class, who was my roommate, she she lives down the street from me here in LA. (laughs) You know, Joanna Tabanak's coming to my wedding and, you know, like all, we're all still you know, friends and text each other. And we talk about that all the time of like, oh, Mm. Pam's class saved our lives. Mm. And it's so interesting to that, that sort of liminal space of college, right? When you're emerging from childhood and into adulthood, and especially as artists, you sometimes have a lot to say, but you don't exactly know how to say it or Mm. the tenor or the tone that you want it to come out in. And that just like period of self-actualization is so, so, so important. And having teachers and guides who can walk you through that process and not keep your work strictly academic, which I feel like a lot of the art world and the dance world can feel just like very, very academic and rigorous, which is great, but also getting to the root of like, okay, yeah, your technique's 
Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Love that for you. But like, why? Yes. Why are you here? Yes. To what end? Like, what are you here to say? And how do you do that and like bring that out of your students? You know, it's a process because there are some students who will go on the journey with you and there's some that will not. And that's <laughs> fine. You know, everybody has their way. But for me, it's about the relationship, right? It's about the relationship yeah. that you build with this person when they're 17 or 18 and they're in your class. And then when they graduate at 20 or 21. So it's like those three years for me are the most important time. Because yeah. if you talk to someone in their first year and then you have a conversation with them in their third year, they will say completely opposite things almost 150% of the time. And I love that because that means that they've taken their journey seriously. It's mm -hmm. also the combination of what they're learning in the academics, you know, and then what they're learning in their art making. And so I always find that those two can combust in such a really lovely way. So I do find that that really does help because the rigor of the academics pushes them in a certain kind of way. And then the rigor of the artistry pushes them in a certain kind of way. And then it's up to them to make the connection. And sometimes I will help them make the connection by just, I have a friend, a coach who does this for me, where it's like, let's get rid of the cobwebs, right? So mm -hmm. all I do is just say, well, what about this? And then how do we connect that with that? And I just listen. And then I try to hear what they're saying in a really deep way and always with a positive undertone and to go, oh yeah, but see, there's this, mm. you know, it's that thing that other people see us in different ways that we don't see ourselves. It's that, it's basically yeah. that. And that all the things that they are is beautiful. Mm. And it's just allowing them the opportunity and the time for them to kind of go, oh, I don't quite understand this part of it. And then I just kind of go, well, what about this and this and that? You know, and then I just pull it together for them. So, you know, I love doing that because that, again, it's another way of teaching. It's another mm -hmm. way of being mindful about their lives and mindful about my responsibility in that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a deep responsibility in the way that I enact with them and interact with them. So that part of the job is awesome. Are you doing more of that or do you feel like you're doing more teaching these days to, to bigger groups? Well, actually, we're teaching in much smaller groups. I'm teaching. Really? Yeah, we're only we have a couple like I teach two days a week, two classes in a row. The classes are an hour and 15 minutes. One teacher, eight students, one musician. <gasps> Whoa. So that's what we've been doing, Nini, since September. Whoa. Yeah. And that's oh how, my gosh. yeah, that's how we've been able to be in person when other universities are just now doing that, what we've been doing that. And the students have been performing solos, duets, or trios only. Wow. And they have wow. to be in their pod. So let's say you and London were roommates. You two would yeah. be in a pod. And so wow. that's because I'm associate chair. And so part of the work that I've been doing since last summer is helping create this whole system. Oh my gosh, Pam. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really, <gasps> wow. and it's been like working. I mean, it's amazing. Plus also NYU has, we have these huge Zoom carts in every dance studio. So if a student, cool. yeah. So in the fall, we had many students who decided to stay home and be remote. 
they were still able to take class and participate. And they also, we get tested every nine days. Students, staff, administrators, if you're showing up on campus, you have to be tested. And we do this like daily screener on our phones to show that we, you know, that you can go in. Like it's that whole thing, like when you go get your nails done or something, your temperature, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this is the other part of the work that I've been doing, which has been more than the teaching part, more than the teaching part. Also, the connecting with the students, I'm trying to even do that more, but it's gotten a little harder because our time together is much shorter and they're not dancing as much as like when you were taking class. You know, the classes used to be 20 to 25 people. Now we're talking eight people. So this is a whole different, you know, and every course, everybody's masked and, you know, we give them mask breaks and wash their hands breaks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mask breaks. Oh my gosh. But I mean, part of me is like, oh, wow, that must be really challenging for everyone. But the other part of me is like, parameters are what you need in art to make beautiful work and to make important work. So like, it's kind of cool that you have these really strict parameters that you have to operate within. And it's like, okay, well, what can we make out of this? And I remember after the 2016 election, I think you and I were emailing or talking Mm -hmm. somewhere and I was like, but what's going to happen to the artists? And you said, well, this in times of struggle, this is when the best art gets made. And so I just, I think about that a lot. Actually, I think about it quite a bit whenever I'm struggling of like, well, Pam said this is when the best stuff happens. So, okay. (laughs) I guess I'm going to believe her. She's never been wrong before. (laughs) Well, I'm often wrong. But I also will say that when COVID first hit and it was, you know, as everybody was, you know, we were just trying to understand what this thing was and And in some ways, it reminded me when the World Trade Center. Yeah. It reminded me of that because I remember being in Second Avenue in the dance building when the second plane. No. Yeah. Oh, I I just got full body chills. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, first of all, it it was that kind of thing of like, wait, what happened? Like, you didn't quite understand what was going on. And then, of course, the realization of it and everything happened. So when COVID happened, it was kind of that same thing of like, okay, wait, what is this thing? And like, what are we supposed to do now? And so I remember having that same feeling. And in that time, of course, all I wanted to do was just shelter. I just wanted to like do the thing that I was supposed to do. And then I just wanted to be in my apartment and shelter. And I found it actually annoying when people were like, so what are you working on? And I was like, (laughs) okay, you need to back up because I don't, I don't even know what's going on. Right. And, and the other thing is, is that we were trying to figure out how do we move forward with this? So there was all right. these administrative skills and administrative things that were going on. And so to like, go like, Oh, I'm going to make a solo about this. Just felt like, okay. Right. You know, poor taste. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Exactly. And also, you know, around this whole COVID thing, I really do believe that, you know, the universe knows what it's doing. I am such a believer in the universe. And so it was all meant to be in the way that it's supposed to be. And so Mm. I really just connected to that. And for me, that has helped a lot. And I know that other Mm. people might get angry to hear that. But for me, I just feel like there are things that have happened because of COVID 
that have actually been quite good. And I think as we move through this, it'll continue to reveal itself. But I just believe in the universe. I feel like what other choice is there? I, I mean, <laughs> you know? what are you going to do? Are you just going to be mad yeah. all the time and like stomp around and like, you know? Well, I mean, when you go through hardship or grief or anything that in the moment feels like this is the worst possible thing that can be happening to me, I don't know. I feel like time and time again, I learn it's not. It's actually like maybe one of the, it's the slingshot into something greater. And Mm. I'm just so small, you know, I'm so small. My perception of the world and how things work is so minuscule. How could I possibly extrapolate the meaning of this and like see it right now in this moment? Yeah, I completely agree. I am like, you know, a pea in the pod. And, you know, (laughs) it's like, I'm, here I'm willing to learn I'm trying to do the work that I'm supposed to be doing on this planet and yeah I mean I don't know <laughs> I don't know man I don't I'm know just man here, I'm, I'm just here laying in my ex just trying to do my <laughs> thing <laughs> finding my breath and like you know trying to like push this shit forward on some level you know I mean I, I really do I just feel like It's like the one moment at a time, you know, and also Mm. trying to, you know, think for myself of like, well, what's, what are my dreams and what are, what are my next steps and what are the things I'm, you Mm. know, so this time has also given me some lovely moments of dreaming. So I've been enjoying that part of it. What are your dreams? Uh Because you're such a, a dream holder for others. What are your dreams? I just feel that I'm really loving my kind of like leadership role that I have right now. Mm-hmm. It's given me a newfound sense of confidence. And mm-hmm. it's also demonstrated things that I never thought that I'd be really good at. I also have taken the hardships that have I've come in and through. And I'm really kind of activating that energy. And mm-hmm noticing the learned lessons of those and going, Mm. oh yeah, I can see how that was. Or I can see how that conversation turned in that kind of way. Or, you know, I'm also really thinking a lot about like my voice and how I want to be sort of impeccable with my word and Mm. to be my most authentic self. I do think that the teaching part of it is still in there and being able to see all sides of the picture, you know, I would love to be in some sort of like think tank something. I think I would just like love that, you know, with individuals that are, maybe they're not even artists or whatever, but to be a think tank for like a project or like a system that's been running in a certain kind of way. And then like how to change and transfer that, or, you know, it's like not looking at the box in just these four corners, but like, well, what about through it and underneath it? And then what happens if you, if you go through that crack, you know, then, yeah. what's so I'm, I don't know. I'm super fascinated by that. And I just think, I don't even know what that means, but the think tank thing has been in my, like my psyche for a bit of time. 
Oh, I have someone I want to introduce you to after this call then. Yay. Good. Good. (laughs) Oh, that's really exciting. We just, it reminds me, we launched something called Visionary in Residence at Holisticism, which is an incubator slash residency for the next 12 months for creators and innovators in the wellness and well-being space who are making it more accessible and inclusive. So we had like 750 applications and we picked seven people. I know. It was crazy. And so we've got these seven amazing makers. And actually, one of them, Ogemdi, is a choreographer. She's a choreographer and a birth worker. And she's going to do her they are they're all working on an idea or project for the next year and her sort of theme is grief Mm. and working through grief and she's thinking of doing a series of solos and it's going to be really cool but I'll also introduce you to her because I think you would love to get to know her she's 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 amazing yes please yeah but but we do need like I've been really lucky to to be part of some incubator programs myself, and we need more creative and strategic thinkers in those spaces who have different life experiences because it's absolutely necessary to like, you know, if you're looking at something, hold it up to the light and view it from all the different sides yeah. and angles and dimensions, not just from this one perception that we get or this this one, I don't know, vantage point. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it would be amazing to be in a room with like makers, artists, scientists, physicians, like I would Mm -hmm. love to do something like that where, you know, because everybody's mind works in a certain kind of way and the learning, I mean, I just think I would learn immense amount and I, you know, I really, well, and you, you teach so much too. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's also like, there's so much, I mean, let me just say, in case it wasn't abundantly clear, Pam is the best teacher I've ever had in my entire life. And as someone who is obsessed with learning and mm-hmm. taking classes and courses and certifications and all the things, like you are the best teacher I've ever had. And I don't think anyone can top you. So you're a gold star for you. But <laughs> but what something that I loved about your classes is that you always like you were always stretching yourself too, of like taking in different ideas, theories, industries even, and Mm -hmm. weaving that into how we moved in space. And I mean, psychology seemed like a major point that you were probably studying and bringing into our classes. Somatics obviously Mm -hmm. go hand in hand with dance, but you are so just like dialed on that. How do you make sense of like all the information in the world and weave it into class? And yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah, it's really important to me. And actually, when I'm teaching, again, it's like that part of it is so important to me. The movement and the things that come out of my body physically, that's fine. That's good. But, you know. (laughs) You know, take it or leave it. (laughs) You know, I feel like I'm getting older and it does get harder. And I'm trying to stay abreast of like, what does this body feel, you know? Okay, so in response to your question, I do quite a bit of reading. I've been doing a lot of reading since George Floyd, a lot. And, you know, I'm reading my my grandmother's hands now. I just finished Cast. I love that book. I'm, and I'm just finished Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. I've read, so I'm looking at my thing, The Vanishing Half, Me and My White Supremacy. I mean, like, so those books have been really infiltrating my dance making and mm. art making as they should. I'm also yeah. learning a ton about our history and mm-hmm. our U.S. history, 
which has been taught in such a really disastrous in some ways. You know, as I'm kind of like reading about the other ways of looking about our history. So I've been mm. thinking a lot about that. I also, you know, I have like my yoga teachers. I have my mm. Pilates people that I follow. And I do meditation with a woman who I adore. And so I take from that too. And it's sometimes it's just like a daily thing of like, okay, well, what came up for me this morning? And what is the thing mm. that I've been thinking about? And I took this dream builders course with my friend, Crystal Brown, who I adore and we've been friends forever. And I took a lot of stuff from that. And that has also been inside of my teaching. So yeah, so I'm super interested in, you know, this, this information that goes out in because I'm so Mm -hmm. working from inside out. And so I want to bring that to the classroom because, and to the studio and to the space, because it's not just about the movement because your artistry is your artistry. Whether you mm-hmm. are like, you know, you got a degree in dance and maybe you you didn't really dance, but you went on to something else, it's still there. It's still part of your history. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's artists in all of us. And I think that I believe that being an artist is the learning and the being involved in the depth of this kind of information. So mm-hmm. it is spiritual. It is psychological. It is somatic it is anatomical it it has all of these bits of information also Mm -hmm. you know I follow a lot of my students on Instagram who have been out doing incredible things so you know (laughs) I also go oh okay I I like that I'm gonna take you know I mean it's like (laughs) there are those things too you know yeah you there's a woman named Megan Roop who is this like trainer. I love Megan. Megan. I know. I Megan's know. crushing it. She's totally <laughs> crushing it. She's moving to LA. I just found out. Yeah. So, Amazing. Yeah, so that's really great. So I kind of follow her and I watch her like things and I don't know. I just like, I love to see what people have done with their lives and to know that it's like a life lived, right? It's like, it's like one thing brings you to the next thing, to the next thing. I mean, for me, that's just universe. That's just what the universe mm-hmm. does. And I also really try to get the students to understand that they are constantly connecting with the universe, whether they know it or not. And once Mm -hmm. they are like in their X or sharing their positive thought or taking that first deep breath of the day and going, okay, what is my practice about today? What is my intention for my practice? They are now conversing with the universe and they're shifting Mm -hmm. their neurological system. They're shifting the cellular system. All of that is happening while they're breathing in their X. And it's like the the simplicity of that, the simplicity of that, because their lives are so complex now. Mm. They've got phones, they've got instant gratification, they've got instant information that, you know, it's all there, you know, it's all there. And so it's also a time that I can try to get them to slow down and to get their systems to slow down so they can take in information in a deeper kind of way. Yeah, we we so often don't get the chance to in this digital age where we're expected to respond instantaneously and have like the most perfect response to what's happening in the world. Kind of like what you were saying about with COVID when people are asking you, well, what are you making? It's like, let me just process this experience. Like, Jesus, you know, we're, we're so, yeah, we have to be on all the time in the world. And we don't get, we don't often get those moments of 
of deep work, which is Mm -hmm. just being with one singular idea or focus for just a couple of hours, which sounds absolutely insane when we say it out loud that we don't give ourselves even a few hours to just (sighs) collect ourselves or muddle through something. And the fact that you're giving people the, the time and the space to do that I feel like is intrinsically connected to their well-being and has yeah. to contribute to their well-being. And so I think that we're actually going to lose that skill, to be totally honest with oh. you. I don't think that many people yeah. know that, knew how to do that before social media. But now that we yeah. have these mini computers that are pinging us all day long, yeah. it's hard for me. I imagine it's still hard for you yeah. sometimes like yeah. to just d- disconnect. Yeah. And that is to me, I, I get really freaked out of like, wow, this is really going to mess with our, our, this is going to contribute to our neuroses in a big way. If we can't just like learn how to self-soothe and also learn how to process. Yes. And that's the thing. Ugh, that's, yes. that's like what art is, right? Art is processing, is the experience of processing something and like working through it and metabolizing it and spitting something out that maybe is half-baked or or maybe feels almost completed. But that's the point of it. It's not to just make something beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you can see it in people's daily activities and in their lives and the way that they work through the world. It's like, when are you finding the time? You know, when is that? When is your ex moment? You know, I mean, (laughs) when do you, when can you just lie in your ex? You know, Mm. it is the most gratifying experience I have to say. And you know that. It really is. It really is. I I did it the other day when I was having a moment. I was like, Oh, the X. It's safe here. <laughs> it's like a safe room. It's like there's safety here. No one can talk to me. No, everybody just leave me alone. Yeah. And it's just also that thing about grounding. You know, like in yoga, they talk about when your feet are on the ground. You know, it's like, and I teach my students about their feet a lot because there's the things that we use the most and the things we take care of the least. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, let's understand, I, I teach them about the anatomically, but also about like, it's like grounding your whole body into the earth for like five minutes. You know, these are just the things that I think, I hope they take with them. Oh, oh, they do. Trust me. My mm-hmm. first day of school, you walked past my big feet and you said, you got big feet. You're going to be a good modern dancer. I'd never done modern before. I was like this little bunhead. I'm pretty sure I had like a leotard and tights on, you know, in modern class. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this lady just said I'm going to be good at this. So hope she's right. Took a couple years, but yeah, it, I got there. <laughs> I actually do remember that. I was like, I can't believe I said that. I did. I was like, oh my God, you remind me of my friend Jennifer Nugent. Yes, you should be. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not you're not wrong. I'm five one and I have size ten and a half feet. I have giant feet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so for your students, when they're coming back to when they're learning about an X for the first time mm-hmm. or like coming to somatics, now that you have this new information or you're you're learning new information about like perhaps what it with the trauma of being in the world Ugh. as a person of color or someone who has a marginalized identity. I'm sure a ton of your students also identify as non-binary. Yeah, there are many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
just the the trauma that we store in our bodies before we can even remember that's sometimes not even ours, right? Like epigenetic trauma. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that in the way that you teach? Because it's so what you do is so body focused. It's it's body and mind focused. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, this has been a lot of the learning. You know, this has been a lot of like, how do I as this like one person in this space, you know, transfer this knowledge, right? Transfer this information, create a sense of of equality, create Mm -hmm. a a community with these eight students that are standing in front of me. And so all of that is going on while I'm trying to like teach a drop swing. (laughs) Okay, so that's the funny part about and dro- it. Drop swings are hard enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like while I'm teaching the material, I'm also going, okay, my body different is different than this body. All of our bodies are so different. So I have to use all of my cueing and my verbiage to go from this space to that space. That mm. stuff in between for me is the most important part. What comes Mm -hmm. out of me and goes to them is the most important part. And so everybody is individualized. I give Mm -hmm. everybody an individualized moment one-on-one we have with each other inside of that space. And, you know, now we can't touch or anything like that. So my words are very much more meaningful. And it's like, there's always these moments where I have to stop and I have to make sure that's exactly what I want to say. And I see like the depth and importance of that. Mm-hmm. So it is a mindful practice. It's also a very empathic way of which I enter mm-hmm. their space and compassion and rigor, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's all of these things that are combined and how I go about really digging into each person's way of going about it. And that's the part that's really fun for me. That's the part that I love the most is because I want to make sure that everybody knows that they can do it, that they belong there and that there is, there's no mistake of why they're here. Right. So that's the Mm -hmm. first thing. And the, the, the next thing is how do I get them to get to the place that they, that I can see where they can go, the potential of what's there. So it's like one step at a time and continuing just to give them information right? And sometimes the information comes from on a um, kind of on a spiritual level. Sometimes it comes in a way of where I can see where they're blocking their energy or blocking themselves Mm. from information. So I will mindfully coax them in a way of like, what about if we looked at it from this side and then Mm. give this a shot? You know, I'm trying to use the things that I'm reading and the things that I'm learning and the trainings that I'm going to, to also be able to understand that space between me and them, Mm. because that's where the the learning is inside of that space. And yeah. And every day it's a practice for me. Every day it's a practice for me. It must be really tiring. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is, it is. And at the end of the day, I noticed that I, There's like, I have to be quiet for a while because it's, there's just been so much of this and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And when I leave that space, I always go, okay, so let me, let me take a look at what that looks like for myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. That worked. Okay. That didn't really work. Okay. They didn't take that information. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. and then like, what do you do with that? Right. 
It's like that, you know, like let's try a different piece of the puzzle, you know, but everybody in that space is important to me. And hmm. there's no mistake of why they're there. There's no mistake. And I, and I always say that to them, you're mm-hmm. here and I know why you're here. So now what, now what are we going to do with that? What's the next step? That's sometimes the most, I mean, so often that's the most powerful thing that you can say to someone is reflect back to them. Like, I see you, mm-hmm. like you don't see yourself, but I see you. And I'm, I know you had that conversation with me more than once. Cause yeah. I really struggled with imposter syndrome in school. And I feel like you kept me in school. Really? Like, I felt like you were the only person who saw me. And mm. especially on the days that I really didn't see myself. And that's all you just need that one person yeah. to believe in you. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yep. And I have students that I'm, you know, qu- quite close to quite connected, but you know, they're the ones that come seek me out. We have like long conversations, you know, about things that are going on for them. And yeah, those connections are really the most important. And I still obviously you know, we, I still have those connections, you know, you know, and I always, one of the things I always say to them is like, stay on your path, stay Mm -hmm. on your path. And when you, when you need to veer off that path, you'll know, you'll know when Mm -hmm. to veer, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll know when to like have all the courage that you have to do that. Yeah. And I also think because the way that NYU kind of lives in the world and the way that it has its own, the way it's seen, is what I'll say. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's important for the students to know, just like what you said is like, you made it here. That's a really good right. thing, you know? And right. there, there wasn't like any confusion. There's no, <laughs> there's no confusion. There's yeah. no confusion. You, you're here. And that's, you yeah. deserve to be here. And you're right. I think that's really important. And I like to do that right when they get there because mm-hmm. it can be quite overwhelming, as you know. It's a really, it can be a really overwhelming space to be in. And probably now more than ever, the future is so uncertain, right? When, when you're an artist, the future feels uncertain because you might only have a job, you might only be viable for a few years, right? And like, who knows if you're going to make it? Who knows if you're going to get quote unquote discovered because there's that myth of you need to be, have this big fancy job or Mm -hmm. have some amazing touring career in order to be successful, which we know isn't true. It's not the point of art, but there's so much wrapped up in it, especially when you're younger about, well, what if I fail? What if I don't do what I'm, what if I like squander these opportunities that I have? And I think that we're in a collective moment of what is the future? Like what everything feels uncertain in this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I also (laughs) talk about that. Like we have no idea. None of us have any idea, you know? And so what can you do in this moment? Mm -hmm. It can be in your practice. You can work through process. You can set your intention. You know, you Mm -hmm. can take the time to do one extra thing for yourself or for a friend or for somebody else, you know? So it's that it's because we just have no idea. And, yeah. you know, I, it's interesting because in January, my father passed and mm, um, so yeah, thank you. He, he was quite, he was 93 and he had dementia mm. and, and he's an amazing being like an absolutely amazing being in the world. And I have, such great love and respect for him. And I always will. And at his funeral, which actually happened in February, we, I'm one of 10 children. And I don't know if you knew that, but I'm one of 10. I did not know that you were, where are you on the scale and on the, in the 10, where are you at the very end? 10. You're the baby. Yeah. 
So <laughs> I'm one of 10. And so there was a service and then my oldest brother spoke and then I gave the eulogy, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, I, it t- to write it was like, <laughs> oh I, I can't even <sighs> like, you know, and I was still writing it on the airplane and like, I was still trying mm-hmm. to, you know, and that is something that I am really honestly most proud of is like being mm-hmm. able to write those words for this man who gave me everything and mm. not monetarily. I mean, we, we grew up quite lower class, but gave me everything, yeah. you know, and gave us all, all the opportunities that we could possibly do the, to do the things that we wanted to do. So, yeah. you know, I, and, and since he's passed, I noticed that I, I bring him into the studio with me much more than I did in the, in the past because it's that sort of hope that he gave me in my life. Mm. That's what I also want to pass on. You know, it's like mm. we have no clue, you know, and, and as many times as he said that, you know, you know, about, about keeping my faith and keeping, you know, connected to, you know, why I have this purpose you know, all of that, I, mostly I learned that from him, you know, and then mm. you, you know, you, you go away from it, you come back to it, but now it's, it's, you know, really the past, I'd say good 20 years where I like, no, 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 this is, this is, these, these are the things I need to guide my life with. Wow. What an amazing legacy that you continue on. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, and what's interesting is that he was a teacher, he was a history teacher, but because we had to get all these kids, which was <laughs> insane, like insane, right? Your your Italian family sounds like my yeah, Italian family. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he couldn't support himself on being a teacher. And so I, he always yeah. wanted me to be a teacher. And I remember thinking, mm. you know, back when I was like performing and I don't want to, be, I'm a terror. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't you know. And it's like, it's just so interesting. It's like, oh yeah, well, universe. Yeah. So here it goes. But yeah, and I do find that there are things that I share with my students that they don't know what comes from him, but things that I, you know, they're just, they're in your cellular being, you know, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the things that your mom said to you and, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. And when it comes out of your mouth, you're like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I know that deep in some inside some aspect of me, element of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You never. You never know. My my partner has brain cancer, and he's great and healthy now. But he was diagnosed at thirty three with stage four brain cancer, and that's when we we started dating around that time. And he still has a tumor in his head, but everyone lives in uncertainty. Yeah. We all are living in uncertainty. We talk about this a lot because mm-hmm. we have to we have to deal with it a, maybe a little bit more front and center than other people, yeah. but yeah. it's always there. Uncertainty yeah. is always there. Nothing is promised to us other than that this road will come to an end at some point. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to choose the better story. Yes. Like what's the better story? Yes. And what do I get to choose, right? There are many things that I don't have control over, but I do get to choose how I want to tell my story and how I want to remember my story. So we, t- we think about that and talk about that a lot. Uh, and I feel like that's part of what you teach your students, right? Is like, how am I doing and being in the world? What is my story yeah. and legacy going to be? And like, I have all this power and choice inside of me. 
Like every movement is a choice, right? That's right. That's right. Every class is, it's all about choice making. So like, well, what are you going to choose? Yeah. That is it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I say that all the time. <laughs> I am dying. I listened. I listened I when you talk. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm going to like cry. I mean, and I do. It's like the choices, right? And also, I also talked to them a lot about, you know, the doing of the everyday, you know, it's like remote, right? And so the walking into the dance class every day, you know, it gets wearing on them. And because mm-hmm. they don't quite have, they do, they're not quite there yet of understanding the importance of it. So it's like, mm-hmm. don't take advantage of that moment. Mm-hmm. There are going to be days you're just not into it. And I actually ask them to embrace those days. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Don't be into it. Just be in the next. And let's see where we go from there. <laughs> yeah. Because there are days yeah. you just don't feel like it. And that is real. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But then what? Then what are we going to do with that? You know, if you're really, and I always say to them, when I say like, how are we doing? What's going on? The thing they're not allowed to say is I'm tired. I don't want to know that. How, what other things can you tell me? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're fatigued today. Maybe you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Maybe you had a big mm-hmm. exam last night. Okay, so let's work mm-hmm. from that place. Let's work mm-hmm. from that place. where So it doesn't consume you, but then you work from where you are. Let's start from where we are right now. Yeah, and that, that could be I'd rather be home sleeping. Okay, let's start <laughs> from there then. I'm fine with that. <laughs> right. You do. That's not hurting my feelings. It's all good. Like. <laughs> That's where you're at. That's where you're at. That's all about you, my friend. That has nothing to do with me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I feel like we've said getting in an axe and like getting into the body, right? Feeling into the body. I never until I was in your class, because I had, uh, when I first went to NYU, I had Gus as my first rotation of modern dance, which was as wonderful as Gus was horrifying. I cried after every single class because he didn't demonstrate. He just would like do this with his hands and be like, okay, do the combination. And I'm sure you remember Hollis. Hollis was in my class and he he would do it. And I'd be like, how are you doing this? Like he just, he just moved his hands. That's not a dance move. I need ballet terms. Like, what are you talking about? I felt like I was like taking crazy pills or something. And then you were my next rotation and you're like, let's lay in an X. And I was like, why are we laying on the ground? This is a dance class. Like what's going on here? <laughs> I know. I know. I think about that too. <laughs> Just like what? But laying down and I, I, I feel like you must've said something like, you know, feel into what your body's telling you and maybe like, is there any pain? And all of a sudden I felt this like shooting pain in my body that I recognized had been there for so long that I just like had built a block around, right? Of like, I'm never allowed to feel this thing or go to the root of it or explore what it is beyond like, that's painful and I'm just not going to think about it. Mm -hmm. And regarding the, you know, we're not going to say I'm tired. It's because it's almost like you build this wall of like, I'm just tired, I don't want to like dive into what is there and Mm -hmm. the juice is what's there. (laughs) Like that is the important information. And that's what we, we need to like go deeper within ourselves for. We can find that in our bodies or just by like asking ourselves the question maybe once more with feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Say it with feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, You're just fantastic. And I'm so grateful. 
I hope I haven't like em- effusively embarrassed you because no. I just love you so much oh. and you really are a life changer. And oh. I don't know how often you hear it because I know you stay in touch with so many of your students because so many people love you, but you really do change people's lives for the better. I wouldn't be sitting where I am today if it weren't for you. I I genuinely can say that. And I'm just so grateful. And I couldn't have even, I knew that you made an impact on me when I was in school, but it's like taken even this long to brew and be like, oh no, she changed my life completely Mm. and totally. So thank you for just being yourself and, and for modeling what the practice looks like Mm. and like, you know, being impeccable with your own word, but by doing it alongside of us, you know, mm, mm. and like muddling through it and not always having the right answers either or not having the words either. It's so exactly. It's so human and important. Yes. Yes. That is exactly it. That is exactly mm. it. I'm just standing right alongside you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, yeah, I love you. I love you. I'm, touched, <laughs> I'm so touched by your words. And yeah, I just, you know, you'll always be in my life. So I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you offered to, that you were down to hop on this call with me and record this podcast. Yeah. Where can people find you other than at, at the Tisch school and no. in your mask telling people to lay an exes? <laughs> well, I have a website, PamelaPietro.com. I'm on Instagram, Pamela.Pietro. I'm also on Facebook. What else? You can email me anytime. Yeah. You can ask Perfect. me. She knows where to find me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And also like that whole think tank dreaming thing. It's like, I'm so glad that you asked me because I got to put that out in the universe even more so. So thank you. Yep. It's now it's now the wheels are in motion. Now you just have to be prepared for when it comes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So good to talk to you. Thank I'll you. let you go on with the rest of your day, but I love you so much Same. and we'll talk soon. Same. Much love, much respect. Appreciate you. All right. And that is our episode. Like I mentioned, if you work at a think tank or an incubator, hit Pam up. She would be I mean, you would be so lucky to have her. <laughs> you would be hashtag blessed to have her. You can find Pam on all the socials. We'll put some links to where to learn more about her and her work in the show notes. But I can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. It, it really made me feel like I, I felt like a little bit of a, a teenager again, like talking to my teacher. And I just love and adore her so, so much. I'd love to hear about your favorite teachers and what they left you, the messages that they left with you that have stayed with you throughout your life. So if you want to text that to us or tag us on Instagram at holisticism with this podcast and maybe with one of your favorite teachers, I would love to meet them and learn more about them. Okay. So I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and and tuning in to holisticism. We love you and appreciate you. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.